year ago, there was a flood in Nebraska, a big flood in Nebraska. It's, the, I guess, the second flood ever to hit Nebraska. Um, so the entire the entire uh, road was covered with water, and the only way basically to do an assessment of the damages is using a drone. So what they did, they flew the drone above uh, the flooded area to assess the the damages, and they used NAR. Uh, they got the report immediately. So you got a, a, a damage report, report yeah. live report immediately. Wow. And it was delivered to the uh, basically to the uh, officials that attended the situation immediately. So you directly know what are the problems. You don't have to wait until the data is processed to get the report back. And this is where NAR plays a very big role. One, just like that, we wow. are on episode 212. 212 way to the show. That's a lot of days. Uh, That's amazing. 212 days, and on the 212th day of Christmas, Christmas my Nana sent to me, Nicholas. Nicholas, <laughs> right? Welcome to get from Texas, living in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Go ahead and let the world know who you are and what you do. So, my name is Nicolas Atter. Uh, I am uh, a tech entrepreneur. I founded my startup when I was uh, 22. With uh, with one of my partners, Charlie Huri, he was my best friend at university at school. Um, we created NAR, which is a software for drones uh, to help uh, in the inspection of uh, infrastructure, power lines, pipelines, uh, buildings, basically anything related to infrastructures. Uh, recently, um, my startup got acquired by a company in San Antonio. And uh, part of the deal was for me to move here to Texas. And here I am today trying to pick up the Texas language. Uh, so all is good so far. Y'all doing good, man. Y'all <laughs> doing, doing, right doing well. Amazing, man. <laughs> good. Doing right. good up Anyways, uh, so you've been doing this since you were 22, you said. You've Correct. On the stack. And you, you knew you wanted to work with drones, specifically in drone inspection or? Not at all. Actually, what happened, uh, Ali, is uh, I never imagined like I'm gonna start a startup or like go go into the startup life. This was more focused on like, uh, okay, once you graduate from university, first thing people think, okay, I'm a computer engineer. Uh, you have to go through consultancy, most likely in Lebanon, especially in Lebanon. Uh, few people continue in the technical field. Uh, but it happened that uh, one day we were in um, Baabda uh, and there was a huge fire, uh, forest fire next to my, next to our houses. Um, so we went there to have the firefighters and while there we were just waiting for the helicopter to come uh, to help us just locate the fires, tell us like what to do and uh, coordinate with the volunteers and the firefighters at the same time. Uh, the helicopter never came eventually. I guess uh, it was under maintenance or something. Uh, <laughs> so, it's supposed uh, to be an emergency helicopter that's supposed to be up and running to be. as soon as something is welcome supposedly, to Beirut. Supposedly, supposedly. Yeah, and uh, so we were there, we were like surrounded by the smoke, not knowing what to do, where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no coordination whatsoever. Um, and back at that time, I was studying computer engineering with Charlie, my co-founder at uh, LAU. 
uh, and we came up with the idea like while we're there fighting the fires and everything we said okay like we wish we had like a a drone that could fly uh, circle around the forest and tell you like what where to go where's the fire is etc um, so we created this part of the final year project mm. um, part of the like university project and everything so uh, we graduated and then we decided to go and uh, take this technology and participate in competitions one of the competitions that we participated in was Microsoft Imagine Cup. Uh, we won first place in Lebanon, which brought us a lot of media attention. Thank Honestly. you. Awesome. And uh, and uh, and once we won and like we started getting media attention, we were like, okay, uh, it's it, it would be a nice idea like to to launch it as a startup. We had zero background. Uh, no one in my family started a business. No one in Charlie's right. family started a business. So. You know, computers, right? <laughs> and exactly. then starting a business is a whole different thing to do, right? Exactly. And you get a lot <laughs> yes. of oppression and like from your friends and family and like, uh, what are you trying to do? Like, stop, stop wasting your time. Go get a job, stable job, <laughs> be a oh consultant, uh, be a, and you know, <laughs> right. like influence. But at the right. end of the day, like parents want your best. So mm -hmm. definitely like they'll try to take the safe path, path mm -hmm. for, uh, for their kids. Um, eventually, uh, we joined the Startup Accelerator in Beirut, uh, where we uh, developed our idea. We joined another Startup Accelerator in Silicon Valley. So it was like a very long path and a lot of iteration in our product. Mm -hmm. uh, we switched completely from a fire uh, detection drone that helped firefighters to a software for drones that uh, just focuses on the infrastructure uh, inspection. So very big uh, wow. difference. Difference, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was for the best of the startup, definitely. That's, I mean, the that's best amazing origin story I've heard. This really, right? You lie. see, yeah, well, like, we've been talking you. about like a lot of people start off like kind of similarly. They see a problem, they're young, they're like, uh, I have an idea, let's try it out. <laughs> and it works. Like 90% of the time, it works. <laughs> there you right? go. But what's amazing about your story is you decided to do something. Other people just have the idea and they're just like, ah, it's not going to work, right? And then Correct, you yeah. The, you know, the, 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 first, the first hardest thing is to start always. Mm -hmm. Like just like you need to start. And then the second hardest thing is to keep the momentum. Oh. Once you start, it's easy. The second part is the is most mostly hard because like you need to find time and people are like okay but i have this i can't do that etc so there is a lot of time sacrifice that you have to do eventually to be able uh to continue with the startup uh, i mean i always so no, imagine yeah. starting a business is harder like the first step is hard then the second step will be easier because you know it's set yeah. up now you just keep the, but it turns out you're saying no it's the opposite the first step is it's, easy correct but keeping the momentum is what's hard Correct. Okay. I've seen a lot of people that like uh, meet with me at least or with um, with other entrepreneurs. They're like, okay, I want to start my business. They're super excited. And a few weeks down the road, like they stop, they, you see them like doing something else like consultancy or engineering or anything else except the startup. So interesting. Yeah. Eventually. That's, that's amazing. So drones, right? You, you went from flying them to programming them. Correct. And is it easy to program such a new technology or is it harder because there's some more stuff to add or talk to me a little about programming drones. So previously in the past, there was like, uh, there wasn't 
a lot of drones in the market. Like mm. you had, uh, I guess DJI was the biggest player on the market. Um, that does but, Ronin, right? The the drones, the, the does the camera, the film drones. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, the yeah, DJI okay. has has both. It has the DJI Ronin, which is the held held uh, camera. Right. handheld camera and the other part is the flying camera which is okay. the drone mm -hmm. uh, so um, the biggest player was on the market that was on the market was dji uh, previously they didn't have sdks basically and sdk is kind of a library that you could use uh, to talk with the drone um, it was all about like uh, intercepting the controller basically the one that you fly the drone with right and uh, getting like uh, hacking the signal etc Luckily, we came at the time, like in the startup, one when the SDK was released. Just when the SDK was released. Okay. So they just opened the door for us to start programming with the drone. Um, but as a first prototype, I can tell you, the, our first prototype uh, was uh, a, we built the, our own drones. Oh wow! It was it was catastrophic, honestly. But it was it's <laughs> impressive still. I mean, it's, it's not like, regardless easy, of sure. how it went. You built a right. whole drone. True. And, it it, it was catastrophic. Like the drone <laughs> takes off like that, and suddenly it goes like that. Oh my god! <laughs> like uh, it goes like that and falls on its uh, head. Mm. So. It, it was catastrophic for us. It's not easy to build a drone, mm. but definitely like if in case anyone like uh, that is hearing us, like wants to start a drone business, definitely don't build your own drone. Like just focus on the SDK on the software part. Okay. There are a lot of competitors on the uh, hardware part. Interesting. So what about drones and drone robotics interests you a lot? Why, why drones? Is it just because of that night in the mountains were next to the forest fire or is there something else that caught your attraction to drones good question uh it, it it's uh, it's actually related to both one one part uh because of the forest fire like i wanted to solve something a real problem mm -hmm. but at the same time like drone has a big interest uh for me and charlie especially that uh, it's a technology of the future if you see in all video games, most of video games, I'm a big uh, right. game gamer. Uh, if you if you just play any video game today and you see like uh, a futuristic game, they're you gonna always, always have, include drones. Yep, always they have that little drones. mini drone that they throw that up. flies out and flies exactly. over and targets drone, people. Watchdog, and and exactly. a drone. Correct. Yeah. A drones that shoots, a drones that transports, a drones that spies, a drones that uh, transport like. Uh, Transport shipment. Oh, uh, shipment so, drones are actually something that Amazon is working on now. I don't know if you've heard about this or not. Correct. It's, yes. It's it's amazing, but it's scary because it lessens the job opportunities in the markets, right? Because correct. you don't need delivery drivers anymore, nor do you need you just need you know drones to just fly. But it's it's nicer because it's faster now. Correct, Ali. So, You're right, but uh, but the the problem that people are facing, like uh, basically these companies are facing the drone transportation and pizza delivery by drone and like anything related to drone within a city. Mm -hmm. I guess we lost Ali. Yeah, no, he'll be back in a second. Don't worry. Okay, so so basically, um, the main the main idea, like where uh, where people are struggling, um, is the regulation, like. You're, today, you're not allowed, for example, to fly a drone in New York City. You need a special permission to fly mm -hmm. over people. 
And this is where every company is struggling, Amazon, uh, UPS, etc. They already got their uh, like uh, waivers, I would say. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it's it's very difficult for other companies, like let's say any startup, like to get a waiver that easily. But you know why, right? You know the problems that the yes, of course, on spying. Of course, uh, part of them is spying. Uh, yeah. uh, speaking about spying, like I'll get back to this uh, topic in a bit. But uh, mainly, it's just all about safety. Like the uh, the government, the U.S. government at least doesn't want uh, a drone flying above the head of people and then suddenly falling. Mm-hmm. So they implement like they they say like um, your drone could fly above the above a city or above people under these conditions. They it needs to have a parachute, it needs to have a, a double redundancy, etc. And above all that, you're not allowed to fly a drone. Uh, like 500 meter farther from you. Interesting. So you, you still need to see the drone. You cannot like just uh, program the drone to fly without seeing it. You always need to have eye of sight, line of sight. Line of sight on the drone. Yes. Okay. Correct. So I remember the first time I ever flew a drone, I had the one where you use it on an iPad, right? Like it's an actual yes. like Apple iPad and it was a white color drone. I forgot what it was called. But okay. it was great. It had a camera and everything. It broke because of a wind that came suddenly, right? It was the yes. very first proto, like not, I wouldn't say prototype, but it was the first model of that drone. How are drone companies fixing this now, this issue where a drone, you know, goes up and then like any wind that comes becomes unstable in the air? Like yes. What, what are people doing to fix that? The, there are a lot of like fixes. One is... Uh, I guess your drone is very old, I suppose. Yeah, I was like 12, <laughs> 13 when I first tried it. <laughs> okay, so most of drones today like are, I would say, wind resistant. Um, you have something called GPS fix that basically like uh, fixes the drone's position at a certain uh, mm. like uh, height, uh, X, Y coordinate. And another thing is they added for each drone like uh, multiple sensors and a sensor that could sense like how high the drone is so basically all the sensors placed together um including the flight sensor uh, which is i i presume you had a basically in your old drone it, it wasn't a uh, an advanced flight sensor uh i don't today, think so. 2013 14. yeah today it's very advanced to a point like uh, it, sta- it stays super stable even when you push it Imagine, Ali, like when you wow. push the drone, it goes back to its original position. Position. Okay. Uh, so and this this is uh, this is to help it just you know be stable, not lose control. Hey, and correct, correct. So correct. How soon do you think drones that we see in video games will become a reality? Like how soon? I don't think in the next ten years. Wow. Okay. Why? I do, I don't think in the next ten years because of the regulation issue. However, regulations. however, if you think about it, like Dubai, for example, in Dubai they started drone taxis, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically like you jump in a giant drone, and it transports you from one position to the other. It's really awesome because it you avoid traffic. Uh, it's super fast. It's super it's, like it's uh, as close to a flying car as we're gonna get. Cor- correct, correct. Wow, it's super practical, super safe. Like it has a motor redundancy, so it like it's it's super advanced to a point where you uh, like you think you're in the future. However, if you think about it, 
the uh, Dubai uh, took this initiative. So it's the government itself that took this initiative. I guess Saudi lost his electricity. Exactly. Welcome yes. to Beirut. <laughs> Welcome to Beirut, honestly. <laughs> so... Uh, So yeah, like I don't think in the next 10 years we're gonna we're gonna have drones all around flying all around us. It's gonna more take more time just because of the regulations. Interesting. All right. So regular it's not because we can't reach that point, no. it's because it's, regulations. They're what's correct. keeping the drones from advancing to a point where you can like correct lasers from that stuff. really yeah. think about it right. like would you like would you want to live in a world where you hear the entire day like this <laughs> like, like right. it would be crazy it would be crazy like i'm, I'm sure, just well, aren't, like, they on that? aren't they working aren't they working that i'm sure like amazon for i don't know if you talked about this but isn't amazon working on drones that can deliver your package yeah your we doorstep? talked about this yeah correct. Or like uber correct. eats drops your food right yeah. in front of your doorstep we, correct. We, we this would be <laughs> <laughs> this would be awesome but like right. as I, as i said to ali like you have a lot of problems one of them is the sound which right. is basically a pollution for the environment plus uh you want to see how people react to the sound like as well a second thing is safety because you never know like while a drone is flying suddenly it falls on your head so mm -hmm. they need a lot of uh like but, but i'm sure but i'm sure if right. you fly the drones in a specific height people down won't be able to hear the right so what's yeah, the solutions right? to all these yeah issues you they're there i know for a fact that some companies are working on uh, motors that could uh, spin silently and the and also the propellers which is basically the uh basically the propeller the yeah, one that turns yeah 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 um that basically they're trying to make it like in a different material that doesn't emit that much sound as well so it's Amazing. all together yeah So okay. that's so that's how a drone flies usually using a propeller, right? Correct. It's uh, you okay. have like different configuration for drones usually, but uh, the idea is like you have two propellers spinning in the same direction and two propellers spinning in the opposite direction, and these are like in an X configuration. Okay. So it counters and, the wind and flies up. Perfect. That's that's Pretty great. Much. So uh, here's here's a good question. Uh, to fly a drone uh, automatically, right? Is mm -hmm. hacking not an issue when it comes to drones drone flying security. automatically? Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It, it brought a lot of big concerns uh, in the industry, especially with DJI, like the Chinese uh, drone. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, like there are a lot of companies that are trying to counter hack drones uh, or even hack drones, like security companies. Uh, recently, there is a company at, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the US. Uh, it's creating like a shield wall uh, around airports. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure you heard about it, but there was a recent incident. Yeah, there is a recent incident in airports where a drone is flying above the airport and crashes with the plane. And, and, and one day uh, the plane had to make an emergency landing because of that. Wow. So there's, it's very difficult to limit uh, drones going into a certain area. So what they did, they invented something called like a shield, shield wall, I would call it, or, or, a, or a fence, mm -hmm. virtual fence, where whenever the drone gets in, its signals gets intercepted, it's jammed, and it forces the drone to land. It's really good. It's, That's amazing. Uh, it's really amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that is. really amazing. They, is. They're inventing a lot of countermeasures against drones just to avoid them like from 
uh, getting into the uh, restricted areas. Like, for example, there is a bazooka against a drone. It's very funny. It's a bazooka. You put it on your uh, on your shoulder. And it shoots launcher. a net. <laughs> a rocket launcher. It, it shoots a net. It shoots a net. It captures the drones and it falls. Uh, they're trying as much as they can like to uh, do hacking. And from the other part, you have the, uh, the drone manufacturers that are doing counter hacking. So uh, it's always a game. Like you always right. find a way, like to uh, to hack the, a drone. The smartest wow. people are trying to hack drones to see how they can hack it. Right? Correct. Just to yes. see if there's any like anything they can breach. Interesting. Correct. Yes. All right. So that's our security and noise. So those are so the solutions are being worked on right now. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you heard about it, but recently U.S. banned DJI drones in the U.S. Really? Yes. Which right. which is a big hit for the market for the drone market. Um, so today, DJI like control more than ninety percent of the market. It's it's crazy. Like if you want to go buy a drone, the first thing people would think like, okay, a DJI, not even pirate, right. not even Intel, no one. <laughs> uh, however, uh, like in the past two two years or three years, there is a new competitor for DJI called Skydio in the US, mm-hmm. uh, which is like super good at autonomous flying at obstacle avoidance at all these like advanced technologies and uh, so now they have a very big edge on dji especially that dji cannot can no longer be used uh, in the us wow. uh, because the us is afraid that china is spying with drones <laughs> on uh on them i mean but it's not yeah it's not something that i would Put away as not put away, yes. very easily because yes. let's be honest, China, maybe even Russia, they're very. I mean, everyone's spying with the technologies yeah. and Facebook, right. whatever, all technologies. That's spying, what they do. Right? That right, is true. Exactly. That is true. Mm-hmm. So it's recording information. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about that, about spying using drones, right? We said we're going right. to touch up on it, and I, I made sure I waited for this one to join because I know <laughs> this one really wants to talk about this. While I still have internet. So while you still <laughs> have internet, go. let's let's discuss about it. <laughs> There has been many incidences where people are flying their drones over their neighbors or their neighborhoods, you know, and they're mm-hmm. coming to record Looking into neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> record their neighbors, and it's it's happened. It's not like it mm-hmm. hasn't happened, but this is a minute scale and compared to when we're talking about countries who are at each other's throats that are spying on each other, right? Correct. Yeah. So, so what is what is the scene there? Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, I, I didn't quite get the question, Ali. So basically you're asking about... What's, what's going on with the whole... Like, talk to us about the whole spying situation using drones. Right. Right. Uh, oh, so, so okay. Uh, so at least uh, I'm going to just talk about the US since I'm more knowledgeable about the US than mm. other countries. Uh, so in the US, um, people are using... D- like, two years ago, they were using DJI. I see. To, till today, they're still using DJI like as much as they can, because uh, because of the of how powerful the plat the the drone is. Um, so what they did uh, one day, the U.S. government decided like, okay, Huawei is spying on us. Uh, DJI is spying on us. Like every and Chinese and TikTok, TikTok is spying on us. Like every Chinese Literally. technology is spying on us. Um, so. Uh, what the measures that were taken is uh, some people use DJI drone, but uh, they turn off the Wi-Fi, for example, on their tablet, as if the Wi-Fi would prevent like the data <laughs> from being transmitted. 
some people just change the software that is used to control the DJI. So, for example, they could use NAR, which is our technology. They could use uh, another um, another type of uh, flight app. Um, so they try like as much as possible, like to mitigate the stress. But eventually, like I I personally do not believe there is anyone spying on anyone. Uh, it's just like uh, how do you say uh, being paranoid propaganda a bit and paranoid and propaganda bit. Paranoid. It, right. exactly so um, eventually like no one is spying on anyone uh, everything's good like just you need to trust this technology and the worst case like okay like they took some data away here it's a big deal but for me it's not a big deal but yeah yeah well as you can see Ali's, <laughs> Ali's electricity is a wire for something he's in a nightclub <laughs> Yeah, bro, <laughs> honestly, <this>. right? <laughs> On and off, it's ah, man. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's crazy. It's but I I honestly think they are using you. I you can call me paranoid if you want, but mm-hmm. I think they are using it to spy. I'm not gonna... just collection information. Well, yeah, I don't think it it's spying. Be. It's like you collect data, and that's how it happened. And they, make... I mean, yeah, but everything right. is collecting data. Even our phones are collecting our data. Let's right. correct, right. correct. Mm-hmm. At least not even the camera, but it could be the GPS position, for example. Yeah, right. That's, because that's... The, the US is just afraid of uh, drones being used to spy on the infrastructure of the US, mm-hmm. like a but power line. So people. basically, you would know all the power line locations. So you know, if you destroy this power line, it will cut the entire grid, uh, electricity grid for the, all right. for the neighborhood or a city. Okay, so can we talk about Narbit? Is, yes, what's the, sure. You guys just like so it's an app that is the um, technology that's interfering between. You put yes. It in, what is NAR? <laughs> okay, let yes. let me let me before explaining it. about NAR, like just give you a small background of uh, mm-hmm. the industry so you can understand what we're trying to solve exactly. Okay. Um, in the past, before the existence of drones, um, inspector power line inspector used to climb up the power line. Uh, check if everything is okay, etc. Take some pictures, like all while climbing on the power line. This proved to be very dangerous, especially like if the guy falls, uh, and it's very slow. Like you have to climb up each pole each time, etc. <laughs> dangerous, so, also, dangerous, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although in Lebanon, they still do it, by the way. <laughs> For fun. <laughs> For fun. <laughs> so, um, d- uh, with the introduction of drones, inspectors started using drones to fly out, like uh, uh, fly out the drone and take pictures of the power line or the infrastructure, and then go back to the office and analyze these images one by one to check if there are problems, etc. This reduces the safety risk, basically. So you no longer have any uh, risk uh, to injure the inspector. You just send the drone instead of him. Um, Now, the problem is that when you go on the field and you collect pictures, pictures don't have any identity whatsoever. So you're just taking pictures. You just know that, okay, this picture has this GPS position. You don't know what you're taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, what pictures you're taking it's according like, to pixels right it's that's also doing it's exactly like okay you're taking you're taking uh, a photo of a power line but are you taking the insulator which is basically like one part of the power line are you taking the cables what are you taking like what the image contains so what they, what what happens is some companies when they go back to the office they start sorting the images based on the component of the power line so they take they say okay Everything that is, ins- that is insulator, we place them in a folder. Everything that is cable, we place them in another folder. And then they start analyzing it, etc. This process, believe it or not, takes around 36 hours just to uh, sort, 
right. sort, analyze, etc. Wow. What we do at NAR uh, is while you're flying the drone, you have an interface in front of you with, uh, with tags. So while you're flying, you start tagging your pictures. So you give an identity to your pictures, but all is done in real time. So mm -hmm. nothing is done at the office. Once you finish the drone lands, you get your report, you're done. You don't have to waste 36 hours like to wait and to go through it. So we were able to reduce the reporting time basically and the uh, analysis and the uh, management of the data from 36 hours to only four minutes, which is basically huge here in the That's US. That's powerful. Whoa. I mean, yes. of course, right? Yeah. Why uh, is this huge? Why is it yes. so huge that I'll, all this time? I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why it's huge. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, about a year ago, there was a flood in Nebraska a big flood in Nebraska. It's the, I guess the second flood ever to hit Nebraska. Um, so the entire, the entire uh, road was covered with water. And the only way basically to do an assessment of the damages is using a drone. So what they did, they flew the drone above uh, the flooded area to assess the, the damages and they used NAR. Uh, they got the report immediately. So you got a, a um, Damage report, report it, yeah. live report immediately. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it was delivered to the, uh, basically to the uh, officials that attended the situation immediately. So you directly know what are the problems. You don't have to wait until the data is processed to get the report back. Mm -hmm. And this is where NAR plays a very big role. It's basically in emergency situations, mostly. Yeah, because in an emergency situation, yeah. time is not your friend, right? You need to be- Correct. Mm -hmm. up to date and instead of waiting a day and a half to know what's going on and who's what and where's how correct have that in four minutes right and that right. is correct it's all on time yes, crazy yes. i think that's amazing that. how long did it take for you to reach to this point um and it can't go any faster than what it, are you working on it to go faster or, or is it a good speed right now no, it's, it's a very good speed. It's a very okay. good speed. Actually, what mm -hmm. we, we focus on optimizing the way that the user logs in the uh, data. Because mm -hmm. uh, just imagine you're flying the drone and you have a video feed in front of you. You do not want to stop the video feed of the, of the user. Because if you do, you might hit a tree, like without even knowing. So we tried as much as possible to optimize the, uh, the way the user interacts with the drone. And what we just like the concept is to bridge the gap between drones and users and makes them interact with, the, with each other rather than just the user interacting with the drone. So both of them like work together to be able to come up with a report. A smart drone, basically. That's yeah. exactly. Wow. Our cameras are, are, are <laughs> best when we talk about drones. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know why I remember GoPros being used on the first drone I ever flew. That but is true. That is and, true. Oh, wow. But now <laughs> they're, up, they're using their own cameras. So how's the camera quality now? Uh, speaking of which, I guess this is why there was a security concern. Because mm. they're using their own cameras. If they were still using GoPro, I think it, they wouldn't have cared that much about the security issue. Pretty much. Uh, but yeah, uh, speaking about cameras, I think DJI is like, they have a lot of variety of cameras already on the market. You have thermal cameras, you have cameras that go, can go 20 times zooms. Um, it's, um, it's just like they're advancing super fast in the camera industry. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure like DJI still controls the market. I today. Mean, even if they, you know, kind of. Yes. Ban right. them from. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, does it make it harder for you or you just, is it, you do your same thing, but with different. Uh, 
it, companies. It, mm-hmm. To be honest, it does make mm-hmm. it harder because like most of our SDKs and libraries are based on DGI's library. But nonetheless, uh, the other mm-hmm. competitors, so for example, Skydio, which is a US-based uh, drone uh, manufacturer, uh, could potentially one day open their SDKs. And if they open their SDKs or we can partnership with them, at this point, uh, we would start developing for other drones. SDK, like what does that stand for? SDK, uh, good question. I never thought about it. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, NAR, what does NAR stand for? That's the library. NAR, NAR started, NAR is just NAR, fire. Oh, okay. Like, uh, <laughs> I thought it's Nicholas, I don't know, no, something. No, <laughs> First, I made right. the joke, Nicholas Zatter. I know my family name is Zatter, so it's NAR. But um, but no, actually, it's uh, it's not just the fire because our idea started out of a fire, oh. and we wanted to uh, I see. keep the. I think like, SDK stands for idea. Software Development Kit. Software Development Kit, correct? Yes, I just perfect. remembered yep. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Google. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. But no, it's, it's pretty cool. Technical interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's not. It's not I just I, was, Google, I huh? wanted to know. Honestly, <laughs> hey, ooh, what, amazing. But it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So yes. what is the future of NAR looking like? Future of NAR. Uh, today, NAR is being incorporated into another platform called uh, Volt, which is a platform where you analyze drone images for power lines as well. Uh, so we're trying to do the combination where uh, NAR is used in uh, real time on the field. And the, the other part, which is the Volt part, it has a platform uh, like it's a portal and the inspector could view the images and etc. and analyze them. Um, so we're trying to do all the connections all together, like between the field and the office. Mm-hmm. We play the part of the field with NAR and Volt plays the part of the office, I think. Amazing. So that, that, so your future is basically more real-time Merging. integration and Correct. You know, different mm-hmm. aspects. And Correct. Are you planning on taking your business into a more, you know, m- militaristic point or at least <laughs> That's not, i just imagine call of duty right where you're scanning every mm-hmm. field and like real-time interface <laughs> yeah. see the pop because I, can, I can see drones <laughs> used in hostage situation where they need real-time mm-hmm. uh drone technology or like in so war and explosions and stuff like that explosions yeah. or even forest fires right it could be right. easier to go back to now. the original go back, yeah Ali, I guess we're playing a lot of video games. <laughs> I guess so. uh, I'm just trying to make it a reality. Yeah, I know, I know. Honestly. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I mean, uh, you, you, you're absolutely right. Like, it's very exciting, like, uh, to do military stuff. And, like, especially with the Hollywood <laughs> movies, you see them, like, uh, like following people and shooting mm. and everything. But uh, I, I don't think ever we would go in anything that is military. Like, uh, um, like I want to serve more like uh, everyone around there, yes, society, right. more than just focusing on just killing people. And I like, I don't like that. So- fair. I mean, awesome. I Amazing. like that, so, that's yeah. fair. Uh, so uh, we need to keep about focus on that. Construction, right? That's this, one of the things you said it's helping with. What, like, yeah. what, is, what are the practical uses of NAR? So um, mostly it's power lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, power lines, bridges. It's, mm-hmm. It also could uh, be used for bridges. It could be used for building inspection. So anything that that is like um, a task that is uh, that requires real time analysis, uh, 
so yeah the, the, like i mean like the uh, the options are very unlimited so i cannot like limit them but i i the only thing i can say is every infrastructure out there could be used with nar nar could be used with every infrastructure out there actually yeah, I mean, that's yeah. water wow. power amazing yeah and yes. right now it's being used you're, t- you're saying in the united united states correct mostly? it's being All used right. in the us mostly yes there, most of our clients are here i see do you are you looking for client are Is it because most of the people searching are in the US? Or, or are you planning on expanding no. your business out yes. to different mm-hmm. countries? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now our business got acquired. So it's no longer just my sole decision. It's right. the decision of the uh, parent company. Right. But what I can tell you is the only reason why every startup focuses on the US is because it's regulated and you have data out there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if you penetrate the US market, Uh, all the other countries would follow. It's a trend and believe it, like believe it or not, that this is what happens. Like for, uh, like take the example of, uh, let's say, I don't know, uh, Uber. Uber started in the US and then suddenly in France, you have Hitch and Dubai, you have uh, uh, Karim. Right. And uh, yeah. yeah, they start popping up like everywhere around the world. But if you think about it, it's always starts with the US. So it is. Wow. Yeah. everyone follows what's ha- what happens here. And it's very good here. It's everything is regulated, guys. Like even if you want the slightest data. So let's say mm-hmm. I want the number of power lines in the US. You just Google it. You'll get it. If you do that in Lebanon, you need to go count them manually. Like each power line. Like you... <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's true. Yeah. So when, did you know you were going to end up in the United States working on this as you were working on NAR? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What were you doing in the beginning stages? Like um, you were just trying, you were creating this technology, but did you know where it would lead to right now? Did you get get acquired and go to the United States? Not at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. We got acquired actually by one of our uh, parent company's clients. So we had a client in the U.S. that was using okay. us extensively. And the parent company of this company acquired us. So it's like... Um, I see. You guys were adopted. adopted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very good adoption in Amazing. the U.S. Could you be more happy? <laughs> hey, man, congrats. Honestly, that's Thank pretty, you. Cool. pretty cool to hear. We Thank have you. our... Your, I just want question? to know, yeah. Hear more about like how, how recently did this happen? Like when did you? So we started the negotiations mm-hmm. back in December, mm-hmm. uh, just when the uh, Lebanese economical crisis started. Ooh. So the negotiations started in December. They lasted uh, like in March, we decided like, okay, let's go meet them. Like just to continue the negotiation see if uh, the environment is good, if the company is good. And what happens, guys, like we came here with like, uh, I don't like, uh, you know, like back then, uh, banks were not allowing you to withdraw money. Right. Uh, dollars, uh, US dollars, <laughs> as you are not allowed to use, <laughs> you're not allowed to use credit cards. It was crazy how we got there. Like we had like a cash reserve. We came here with just our cash reserve. And, and basically that was it. Like uh, in March, we went there to sign the contract. We got stuck uh, there in the U.S., So I'm here since March. Last March? I was la- la- no, this la- March. This so March. Renew. Right. You've been just stuck here. March 2020. Because right, of COVID, COVID, I was COVID I was everything. planning, I was mm-hmm. planning, we were planning to come here for two weeks, sign the contract mm-hmm. and go back to Lebanon just to pack our stuff and come back here. 
But with COVID, we came with a carry-on, Charlie and I. And since March, we're here with a carry-on. <laughs> I'm still with my carry-on. Wow. Yes, it you was, brought that it shirt was, so many times, I bet. It was crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Pretty it cool. was crazy. It was crazy. Hey, but I'm, eventually, well, yeah, we did the right. negotiations and mm. uh, we closed everything uh, in June. Um, the press announcement that we got acquired was on the 4th of August, unfortunately, like uh, it's a, it was a very sad day for all of us. So uh, we didn't like do a very big uh, press release about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, congrats, you did something. Congrats, I mean, yeah, congratulations. Thank cool you. That you're Thank doing you. this right now. This right. Thank we you. wish you, we, I'm, I'm excited to we see wish how you is integrated more and more into right. societies and different uh, companies. I wish you a very good luck in your mm-hmm future endeavors wherever it may lead and we i hope this interview i hope this interview can inspire yeah like young entrepreneurs young in entrepreneurs, beirut exactly. or in wherever in the world where they can see like hey you can come from a country yep. and just have an idea and a vision and work on something and keep working on it true and as you said you just you just start with different clients right yes. how do you start with your first clients like but did, something right? just one uh, one piece of advice for anyone who's gonna start yes, is don't do not listen to noise around you like people telling you like you won't make it uh, like just ignore all this because we come from a culture where everything is safe like at least in lebanon uh, you mm-hmm. want a safety net always so just don't listen to people that try to influence you negatively just surround yourself with very positive people if you can join accelerators join in, uh, incubators uh, be surrounded by other entrepreneurs as well uh and don't give up easily like persevere until you make it well that's beautifully said uh thank you very much for coming on the show uh if you enjoyed this episode half as much as we did subscribe like and then subscribe again and then unsubscribe and then subscribe no no let's not play games (laughs) yeah do subscribe like share send this around you know people who might want to start a business nicholas Mm -hmm. is there anything you'd like to shout out or let the world know uh, shout out to everyone listening to us all entrepreneurs all drone lovers uh, all my friends families and uh, wish you the best of luck guys yeah, well, thank, thank you, you very much for coming on the show our pleasure yeah here we it's go. been another episode of Ate the Show make sure to subscribe and like <laughs> subscribe please <laughs> well, a person can jump from one point to the other perfectly you can tell them to do it a hundred thousand times and they land perfectly. The second I give them a little bit higher, the same distance, the second I give them an edge that's a little bit higher, suddenly they start questioning their abilities. And I tell them, why are you scared? You've already proved to yourself that you can do it on the ground a hundred thousand times. So now that I added that little bit of fear factor, that's where you kind of see how they have to analyze how much effort they need to put in to overcome that fear. Um, And it doesn't even need to be high enough for you to fall off of something that's high, but it's just that extra push where I kind of challenge you mentally to overcome something that you're